everybody. Welcome to the Hidden Gems podcast. And this is the show where we talk about streaming services and the hidden gems that are coming. But this week, we're doing something a little bit different. And I'm from Rachel Wagner and Ryan is here. Hey, Rachel. It's great to be back with you once again. And this time, like I said, it's a very special episode. It is a bit of a uh, bit of a preview that we're doing, streaming preview. And looking at the list, because you were grateful enough or you were gracious enough. I, I know how to use words. You were gracious enough to compile a Google Doc of all of the things that are coming out on the various streaming services. Just looking at it, just be like, wow, we are spoiled for choice, aren't we? Yeah, there's no excuse to be bored, as I've said many times on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is not even everything by any means. This This was just the mostly movies but a few shows that i thought our audience would be particularly interested in uh, and uh it's covering uh mostly we've got we've got most of the main uh streaming services uh but not all of them so there's even more out there to enjoy yeah absolutely and uh act and i've actually had um I've actually seen a couple of these, so mm -hmm. it, so that'll be uh, that'll be nice to talk about. Yeah, we're recording this on the fifth, so a few of these have actually come out because there was there was a pretty big push over Fourth of July weekend for a bunch of content. So some of uh, I've seen a couple of them myself, and uh, so it'll be fun to talk about them. And we don't really know whether these will be good or not. It's just based on the trailer. So they could end up being not good. It's just a guess. It's a complete, <laughs> but, uh, <good>. so, <laughs> it's a complete shot in the dark. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll say either not excited at all, met excited, so like, eh, or very excited. One of those answers uh, to uh, these uh, series or movies. And uh, if you have other uh, properties that you know are coming up that, uh, that you want to talk about, put in the comments section. We would love to hear about that. So I guess let's dive in. Let's get started. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> All right. So the 2nd of July, we have on Netflix, uh, we have the first of the three-parter, Fear Street Part 1. And then over the course of the month, we will get uh, part two and part three. And uh, these are a, uh, you have 1994, 1978, and 1666. It's all based on the same kind of theme that's happening uh, in this area over the course of time. Uh, what did you think of this trailer? Um, as a fan of horror anthologies, Twilight Zone's one of my favorite shows of all time bunch of other like smaller horror stories combined into one scary stories to tell in the dark immediately jumps to mind which is a severely underrated movie from 2019 i dug this i thought mm -hmm. it, it looks fascinating and especially considering that this was written by the original book was written by rl stein who was whose goosebumps novels were a state art and i assume continue to be a staple of middle school libraries everywhere like seriously mm -hmm. he wrote so many of those things that you could literally check out all of them and there'll be like five more like <laughs> at the end that nobody's touched right 
Yeah, it's the little summary on IMDb is a circle of teenage friends accidentally encounter the ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that have plagued their town for over 300 years. Welcome to Shady Side. And <laughs> I I thought that this looked fun. I mean, I am not a horror person, so I probably won't watch it, but for its audience, I think it looked fun and I like this idea of the uh of the uh, three part of the trilogy. Uh, none of the actors are people that I know, uh, at least on IMDb, but uh, yeah, it looked, it looked like something that will be entertaining for horror fans, I think. And I like that idea of doing 1666, 1994, and, uh, and 1978. Right. What would you give this one of our three? I'm going to give it top tier because I think that because it's on Netflix, I think this has the potential to be like a Stranger Things, something that just mm -hmm. comes completely out of nowhere and yet just takes over everything all at once. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually going to give it the same just because I think for the audience that it's made for, I think it'll be pretty fun and exciting. So I'm going to give it a, a top a top rank even though i probably won't watch it because i'm a scaredy cat <laughs> so, all right next up on the second we have the tomorrow war and yes this has already come out i've heard very divisive responses from it some people i know really enjoyed it other people say it's garbage uh this stars chris pratt and uh, it's a family man is drafted to fight in a future war where the fate of humanity relies on his ability to confront the past. And so there's sort of a sci-fi element here, uh, sci-fi and war element. And uh, it has J.K. Simmons and Betty Gilpin in it. Uh, what do you think of this trailer? Kind of reminded me of like the Terminator in that something mm -hmm. is sent to the past in order to to activate something in the future. Now it's the reverse. Something from the future is, is being sent to the past to go to the future to stop the, I think I just made signs bleed, give me a But But yeah. regard, regardless, the trailer looked fine to me. I, I tend to be a fan of Chris Pratt, especially, especially there are a group of people that because he is a Christian, and he routinely does the David fast where it, where a, throughout a time of year, he does this fasting program along the prophet David in the Bible and people give him crap for it. Cause he's religious. And I'm like, mm -hmm. um, we give passes to far more ruthless things for other actors. What makes him so different? And so there's a yeah, part of me that there's a part of me that wants to support him just to like, spite those people but that's not particularly healthy it does help that chris pratt is a genuinely charismatic guy and a very likable man from everything that i've read about him and judging from the trailer it this looks fine i i, I think this is a perfect movie for amazon to be making right mm -hmm. about yeah i mean i guess it was really expensive too it was like 140 million dollars or something like that for them to buy it so Think, probably not the best investment <laughs> i think something like that could be easily solved by just not doing the things that set up the war to begin with or maybe maybe yeah. the movie will be good and and like showing that there won't be 
that that there's not a certain event that leads to the war happening kind of like yeah, x-men days goes... of future past when the sentinels are invented by evabar trask and if they take out trask then the sentinels don't get created at all maybe if he goes in like the that. future right i mean because mm -hmm. days of future past they go in the past in this one he's it's a future war right yeah so he uh yeah it's true that he could find out what caused the war and then go back i guess and try to make it not happen like you're saying terminator it's very it is that's a good com comparison um but uh but yeah i mean i'm not a big sci-fi person but at least this doesn't look boring unlike a lot of stuff <laughs> kind of fun <laughs> uh so yeah, are, are you gonna? You think you? What, what would you give it on, on our excitement scale? I'm gonna say middle of the road. I think I might check it out just for the Chris Pratt effect. And you did mention on the document that J.K. Simmons is in it. He's yeah. my man, so I think I'll definitely be looking into after those two factors. But I think on the whole, this will probably be quickly forgotten. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. It is directed by Chris McKay, who did the Lego Batman movie. So Ooh. that's. Kind of interesting <laughs> interesting fit yeah i agree i'd give it the middle score as well uh but uh i also like you uh like to support chris pratt because i think it's cool when you have christian uh actors and members of the media and things uh that are good examples so all right uh the second also on the second we have summer of soul this is out on Hulu, also in theaters, and uh, this is a music documentary about the Har Harlem Cultural Festival that happened in Harlem, 1969, the same year as Woodstock, and uh, they got this, they found this footage. Uh, it's by the uh, singer uh, Questlove, his director. They mm -hmm. found this footage. And I thought they did, I've seen this, and I thought they did such an incredible job of mixing this amazing music in with uh, people that were attending the festival. They could give that like firsthand feel, but then also people who could be there for like cultural relevance. And uh, I, I thought they mixed that all so well together. So it wasn't just the music, but it was, uh, you got the context for everything that was happening and you had you know like they had Gladys Knight on there they had uh, you know some of the different performers I I thought this was one of the best films of 2021 I really enjoyed it yeah I actually had the privilege of watching this in the theater last night and this movie is going to is gonna be on my underrated slash overlooked list for this year because i have a feeling that it's just going to go completely under the radar and yet be one of the biggest hidden gems of the year just yeah. like the harlem cultural festival that the documentary was based around and even if even if you're maybe not too interested in music i still highly recommend this as well because the footage is just so immaculately restored the music is incredible as well like I was like when they were doing Oh Happy Day, I was kind of like in the scene like Oh Happy Day because <laughs> I love that song, but I never knew who created it, and it was the uh, the Evelyn Harris singers. So that that's awesome. And like you said, 
Gladys Knight's in there. Stevie Wonder's in there for a, for a few. Yeah, and he plays drums. Heads. Who yeah. knew that Stevie Wonder played drums? I had no idea. Stevie Wonder's blind, y'all. So, if, so <laughs> for those of you who are feeling down about yourself, not only can Stevie Wonder play the piano, not only is he an incredible singer, but he can play the drums. Faith mm -hmm. moves mountains. Yeah. And like I, said, like I said, Gladys Knight and the Pips are there. Uh, the I really liked the whole section with Fifth Dimension singing hair. I about that. loved that section because <laughs> I good. I love that Age of Aquarius song with the Let the Sun Shine In part. And mm -hmm. I was like, I never knew who, who sung that song. Yeah. And it turns out it was the Fifth Dimension. And I love, I'll be careful with the, not to go too deep into spoilers, but there's a part about how when Fifth Dimension was really getting going, they were accused of being too white, and yeah. even though they were all black. And so it talked about how that kind of hurt them, like like hurt their feelings a bit. It was very sad because it, they were clearly all talented individuals. They got a lot of success, but it was just because they wore these bright orange outfits and they kind of had a different sound than other African-American artists, then it was immediately like, oh, they're not one yeah. of us. It was like, it just felt really yeah. sad. It really was. I agree. I was going to bring that up too, because they, they, that's just emblematic of, of how good a job they do of, of not only just having the music, but providing the cultural context with the interviews. And they, they had the, some of the people from fifth dimension on talking about their experiences and how they were too, some people thought they were too fair skinned to even participate. And I don't know, that was very interesting. And I also, I loved the whole scene. I don't know. I can't remember the other woman's name, but when Holly Jackson is singing and the one woman is singing with her and she Mavis, talks about, uh, Mavis Staples. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was that, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. She was, that was the whole thing was unbelievable. And especially with the context of Precious Lord being Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s favorite mm. song, and them seeing it literally almost a year after his assassination. It was just one of those things where it's just like, you get chills just yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, it was excellent. I highly recommend everybody, like you said, even if you don't love music, if you just like history, if you like and and it's so many different kinds of music too. You had like rock music, you had blues, you had jazz, you had gospel. There's so many different kinds of music featured. And I think this like is way better than Woodstock. Like it's not even close. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about it, I was thinking about it while I was watching the movie and Jimi Hendrix and Carlos Santana were both at Woodstock. I wonder if they were ever invited to play yeah. at the cultural festival because Jimi Hendrix was an African-American and Carlos Santana was, I believe, Mexican. I'll have to yeah. look that up. But, you know, they almost meet the criteria. I, I, it just point. makes you wonder if they were ever invited and either they were booked for one and couldn't make it to the other or they turned it down. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. But everybody watch Summer of Soul. It's great. It will probably be snubbed by the Academy because they don't know a good documentary if it's their life. So. In the words of Dan Aykroyd <laughs> from The Great Outdoors, they wouldn't know a good documentary if it fell out of the sky, landed on their face, and started to wiggle. Yeah. All right. On the fourth, we had We the People. 
and this on Netflix. And I'm really excited about this because uh, we, I got to go to, well, I got to watch a panel about it at Annecy Animation Film Festival this last month. And it's, it's kind of in the spirit of Schoolhouse Rock, uh, the um, old shorts that they used to do to teach civics lessons. It's kind of like that, except for it has sort of a more of a musical, uh, I mean, those were musicals, but more of a music video aesthetic, but all done with animators and uh, they, each of the songs and the shorts has like a slightly different animation style and they are teaching all different kinds of civics lessons. Uh, so I think that this, it looks really cool and something teachers will to use. Yeah, I'm a history buff. I love learning about like American history and just well, history in general, really. So I'm going to give this like a high grade because mm -hmm. I, I, I think even if this may not be a thing for me, I think it might be a thing for others. Yeah, I think it would be great for kids. And like I said, I think teachers will be able to be able to use it. And uh, it has uh, some really interesting people like Jorge Gutierrez, who did the Book of Life, uh, Peter Ramsey, who did Spider-Man into Spider-Verse. Uh, so there's uh, some talent kind of behind the, the, the doing the animation plus the music. Isn't, uh, uh, isn't our boy LL, LMM involved in this? Yeah, I think he's involved. You know, yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Adam Lambert, Janelle Monet, uh, her, uh, Andre Day, Brandy Carlisle. So a lot of talent involved. So definitely, I think, worth checking out. All right. Uh, next, we have uh, the 7th of July. We have Monsters at Work. And this is on Disney+. Plus. And the concept behind this is that they are training the monsters to be funny. At the end of Monsters Inc., you know that's the the new path for uh, for Monsters Inc. Uh, what do you think about this? Um, as a massive fan of both Monsters Inc. and Monsters University, I am on board for all of this. I I think. Out of all of the Disney Plus series that have been released, this is probably the one that I've been the most excited for, Marvel series also included. Uh, I love that they got back, they got John Goodman and Billy Crystal back to voice Sully and Mike, respectively. That was a big selling point for me. They also have uh, Gabriel Iglesias in there, who's one of my favorite stand-up comics going right now. And, and, and he's just an incredibly funny dude. And just on the whole, I, I like how they're going to steer into the whole, it used to be all about scaring kids. Now it's about making them laugh. And I, I like the continuation of the ending of Monsters, Inc., which is one of my favorite endings with the door chase and then Randall getting his and then the ending where the booze door gets shredded. And then at the end, at, at the bitter end where everything happens and it's just really heartwarming. So yeah. yeah top top marks for me i'm i'm all over this yeah i'm really excited i'm almost anything that's going to come out of pixar i'm looking forward to and i so far i've enjoyed what they've done on disney plus uh i mean all these spark shorts are really wonderful but even something like forky ask a question was funny and charming uh so i i yeah i'm definitely looking forward to this i kind of wonder how much we'll see of mike and sully or if it'd be more this this other guy 
uh, the, um, I think, Tyler Tux Tuxum, I think is his name. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, and Mindy Kaling is in this. Uh, Isha Tyler, Henry Winkler. Uh, ben Feldman plays the, the Tuxum guy, uh, Monster. Uh, and Jennifer Tilly is back, Celia. Uh, so definitely. I love you, Schmootsy Poons. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I think what's not to like, I'd give it a high score. We'll, we'll see how it, it turns out. Sort okay. of, sort of, unre <laughs> sort <Okay>. of unrelated. <laughs> okay. Sort of unrelated before we move on. It was actually, I think this was a video or a podcast. It was, it was asking the question of if, <coughs> excuse me if another Monsters, Inc. movie gets made with, like, say, Adult Boo, what would it be like? And that got me... Jeez. <coughs> that got me thinking, if they did make a legit Monsters, Inc. sequel, and I, I wonder if they would... if Pixar would ever consider doing that. I mean, Monsters of Work, that's technically speaking a sequel, but if they were ever to go back to the Boo route, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah. I know there's been a lot of fan-made posters. Every once in a while, it'll circulate, and people think, "Oh, it's real." <laughs> like, no. Yeah, it, it'll <laughs> like ask a lot of questions. Do monsters age in that world? Do they get like older as like maybe the kids they scare get older? Mm -hmm. Is is it? Yeah. Good question. It's true. That is very very true. Uh, I I wouldn't be opposed to. I like you think that Monsters University is very good, and I think it's very underrated uh, as far as films. I really think it has some bold concepts in there for a movie for kids. Uh, so yeah. I'm I'm up for whatever they they produce as far as Monsters Inc. related. The last couple scenes where Mike just hits complete bottom after realizing he thought he won the contest, but it was like the at the animatronic was switched to like the easiest setting because he's not scary enough and then the whole ending there and then when mike goes to leave and sully just straight up tells him you're not scary mike you're not even close but you are fearless that hit me so hard and then literally helen mirren is as dean hardscrabble is like is like you boys did something that i never thought could be done you surprised me and it was just, it was just so fantastic. I could talk about Monsters University for days. It is the sleeper hit of Pixar's output. Nobody yeah. talks I mean, about it. They, I've never seen another film made for kids that's the, the main message is your dream won't come true. And that's okay. <laughs> you can work, you can work hard. You can, and, and it will come true to somebody who doesn't work as hard. Uh, you know, a lot of times, like, that's a bold, bold statement, and I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's really good, and the fact that they end up, like, the heroes end up deciding not to go to college and working in the mailroom from the, you know, the top up instead, that, you never see that ever. I mean, it, it, it worked out for them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, next, we have the good Bart and the Loki. And this is a short, we don't have a trailer, but it's a short that's going to be coming up after the uh, latest episode of Loki. And they've been doing a bunch of these, uh, these Simpsons shorts. 
And so far, they've all been really cute. Most of them seem to be uh, relating to Maggie. Uh, but uh, but this one is Bart, and it looks like it's going to have Loki uh, in the world of The Simpsons. And I don't know if that interests you at all. I don't know what your Simpsons fandom is. Uh, I this is going to sound really strange, but I know Simpsons primarily for the memes and, and like uh-huh. the photos that I see occasionally. Like I know there's this one episode where Homer had a really bad day and he goes to his office. And it's, there's like this plaque that says, remember, you'll be here forever. And then, and then I think it's at the, help me out here if I'm going off track. But at the end of the episode, it's like Homer takes some family photos and covers up strategic letters. So it says, do it for her. And it's pictures of, or or not do it for her, do it for them. And it's family Mm -hmm. photos of like Marge and Bart and just, and, and his family. And I was, like even out of context that's genuinely very heartwarming yeah that's the thing about the simpsons is that it does of course have like a cynical side to it but at the core it's all about family and that that in the end nothing is more important to all of them than family so there is a sweetness to the simpsons that you don't get with something like family guy or uh or south park uh, if you're talking about those kinds of shows and, and I, I'm, I was a big Simpsons fan, especially in high school, and I still really enjoy it. Uh, it was been, it's been a big hit for Disney Plus, so I hope they keep doing these shorts, and maybe we'll be, even get another Simpsons movie, because I enjoy the Simpsons movie, but I think it could have been even better than it was, even though I like it. I also, <laughs> I also know, jeez, <coughs> I also know that there's a clown who has like a cigarette and he like takes a cigarette out and he's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> I, I think that's funny. Yeah. There's a lot of really funny episodes. Uh, very good. Uh, so yeah, this will be fun. I enjoy the crossovers and I, you know, Tom Hiddleston, he's, he's funny guy. So I think it'll, it'll be good as just a companion, a little bit of it, uh, a treat for, for Loki fans. Uh, have you gotten a chance to watch any of Loki? No, I have not. Quite honestly, I I haven't even watched past the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Not for any Mm -hmm. reason other than just things that come up with the channel and just other things and just all that and just a general kind of lack of interest. I hear good things about Loki, about there's a part of me that I heard that in like the first episode, they refer to these Infinity Stones, which were originally like the most powerful force in the universe that can wipe out a planet like wheat in the field, according to the collector. And this organization uses them as glorified paperweights. Like they have like a drawer full of them and just be like, Oh, I found a stone. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like a uh, way to no sell the infinity saga there guys. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm lack. I am lacking context. I haven't seen it, but I don't know. That just seemed to rub me the wrong way. Mm. I guess I can see that. Everything in the the world of the time, uh, uh, Variance Authority is a little bit wacko. So I think that was kind of their way of of showing that. But I get that. I really enjoyed it. I'm I'm actually behind an episode, but so far I thought it's uh, it's 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 very good. So we'll see how it it it, it turns out. But anyway, uh, so next we have on Netflix. This is on the ninth. We have Virgin River season three. 
And uh, this show is a, is a very well done show. If you like shows like Heart of Dixie or Men in Trees or uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think what other shows are kind of like this, but uh, it's about this woman who uh, is a doctor and she needs to kind of get away from her life because she's had tragedy in her life. And she goes to the small town and uh, she ends up uh, meeting this man named Jack uh, who has, is kind of kind of cynical and runs this bar. Anyway, they end up uh, having a connection and the show's kind of about their romance and about the whole town and the, the kooky characters that are in this town. And it's, it's, it's a good show. There's a whole plot of it involving this drug ring that's not my favorite and I wish they would get rid of it. <laughs> sounds really like this it. sounds like extra plots just for the sake of making things spicy here and there yeah it but kind of I, is if, but if something like twin peaks proved anything it's that it didn't need anything other than like the main story yeah exactly and i don't know it's just every time they go to it i'm like oh i think going to this but if, if i can skip that uh, then it's really good. Alexandra Breckenridge is the lead and she's really good. And then Martin Henderson plays Jack and the whole rest of the cast. Uh, so season three, we had season two in December. They held on to it all year. I don't know why, just to make my life hard because I was so busy in December. But now we get just six, seven months later, we get season three. So that's kind of fun. And yeah, I, I, um, Hallmark is planning to... Uh drop like 50 million christmas movies on you like december, december 1st be like drop the christmas movies guys and like and then just I, watch them all what already and like just give her more even the undeveloped stuff just do it, just do it season three yeah so <laughs> and i the one of the annoying things last well there were two kind of annoying plots last season there was one with this this young couple that i did not like and then also this woman named charmaine and she is, I think, it looks like from this trailer that she's going to be in it less than in season two, which I'm a fan of. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I think we'll probably do some kind of coverage uh, on Homeworkies podcast. So uh, this definitely gives off Heartland vibes. I don't watch the show, yeah. <laughs> but peek behind the curtain, I edit Talking Heartland. And so... Yeah. I, I listen to all the plot lines about which horse is sick this week or which <laughs> something like that. Yeah, this is definitely spicier than Heartland, but still, it, 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 I, I think that's a good comparison. It's no drug rings coming near the Heartland ranch. <laughs> yeah, and I should say that Heartland season 14, we're only over on Talking Heartland podcast, we're only finishing up season six. But, but season 14 airs on Up TV uh, coming up this month in July. So if you're a Heartland fan, uh, get ready because it's going to be exciting. <laughs> Heartland's going after Supernatural's record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even more. Don't they have any more than Supernatural had? What Didn't they have 12? I can't remember the exact okay. number. I, I know. Either, I didn't lot. watch it, so I don't know. All right, well, let's move forward. So we've got Black Widow that is in theaters and Disney Premier Access on the 9th. And I haven't had a chance to see this. You can read my review. 
but I thought this was a good mixture of action and family comedy and a nice chance to get to see uh, some more about Natasha's background. I do think that there's nothing like super memorable about it. It's just kind of like a base hit from the MCU. <laughs> there's something that's like, wow, this is amazing, but it's like solid and entertaining. And I liked Florence Pugh a lot as her sister. I thought they had chemistry. And then I also liked David Harbour as her dad. Uh, Rachel Weiss isn't given a ton to do as her mom, but overall it's an entertaining, solid little action movie, I would say. Uh, what about you? What's your anticipation for Black Widow? Well, I'm going to be seeing it Thursday night in the theater, and I sent out a tweet that said, regardless of quality, I'm just excited that I get to see an MCU movie in the theater for the first time in nearly two years. Because yeah. the, the last one was Endgame, and that was obviously incredible. Well, and, Spider-Man was the last one. Far from oh, home. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I've been I've been reading slash watching reviews on Black Widow, and there there seems to be a bit of a consensus around around to start off phase four. Why was this movie chosen? And to my my response to that is, uh, are you just now getting into the MCU? Because this is what happens after every big movie. What was the first movie after Avengers: Age of Ultron? The first Ant Man. What was the first movie after Avengers? Infinity War, where half of the universe was dead. Ant-Man and the Wasp. What's the first movie after Avengers yeah, Endgame and Far From Home? Um, Black Widow. Yeah. The MCU has a good has a good idea of going from really big back to small again. And I, I think as far as base hits go, I think at the very least it will be very entertaining. It is. I think it is entertaining. I enjoyed it not perfect and it is kind of weird that both of the female superhero projects that they've done so far in marvel have both been prequels which is kind of weird well the marvels <laughs> coming up will be um i imagine that'll be taking place in current time so mm -hmm. yeah finally and it just feels like they kind of they didn't have the courage when they were starting out to have a female-led superhero movie and so now both of the, the ones they've done, they've had to go back and have them be prequels. Uh, but both of I mean, I like both of them. I think that Black Widow is better than, uh, than Captain Marvel, but I still enjoyed Captain Marvel. So See, anyway. I'm, I am just happy that Black Widow is getting a movie, period, because I was yeah. thinking that she should have gotten a movie like 10 years ago. That's but, what I'm saying. Uh, they didn't have the courage back when they were starting to have a female-led superhero movie. And so now they've had to go back and kind of retroact it. Yeah, because we know she dies. So it, it feels yeah. feels a tad weird. It's a weird flex that they would mm -hmm. make the movie now. But I shouldn't look, look the gift horse in the mouth. I, <laughs> I should be grateful for what we get. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, all right. Then on the 14th, we have Gunpowder Milkshake. Three generations of women fight back against those who could take everything from them. So this has a star-studded cast. This is on Netflix. Karen Gillum, Carla Giugino, Lena Haiti, Michelle Yeoh, Angela Bassett, Paul Giamatti. What do you think of this trailer? Uh, well, I'm just a general fan of most of these actresses, especially Carla Giugino. 
I'm a big Zack Snyder fan, but Sucker Punch is just not very good. Carla Gugino is the best part of that movie. And so that really speaks to her talent, not only in there, but also Watchmen and various other roles that she's been a part of. My excitement for this is about middle of the road, maybe leaning towards top. It's like in the weird ether between middle and it's like a sandwich. If middle and the top were like two pieces of bread, that movie would be the meat. I, I that makes sense to somebody, right? But <laughs> it, it 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 looks promising. I'll say that. Yeah, I I'm curious. I, it could be fun. I'm a little worried that it'll end up being like that one with um, uh, the with Melissa McCarthy and um, Thunder Force. Uh, no, the um the kitchen. I think it was called. Oh God, that that I hated that movie so much. <laughs> and this isn't even a Melissa McCarthy thing, because I actually think she can be funny at times. But that whole movie, they were trying mm. to do like a Scorsese type thing, and yeah. they completely Ugh. whiffed it. And it's yeah. not even the actress's fault; so they were trying. It's just the script was just completely just bereft of anything clever. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not the biggest Karen Gillum fan. I mean, I like her as um, Nebula. Nebula, yeah, she's pretty good as Nebula. Nebula, but uh, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of hers. But uh, but you know, she can. I mean, I guess I like the first Jumanji movie. She's pretty good in that. So we'll see. Uh, I I give this a. Uh, I, I, I give it a, I'll give it a, a strong meh, <laughs> a strong middle ground. So maybe. bad. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. So the 16th, we have Turner and Hooch on Disney Plus, and this looks pretty cute. I am, um, I'm, I feel like this is like the perfect movie to do a series on or do a remake. Because, like, nobody really remembers the original that much. It's just, like, that it happens to be a Tom Hanks uh, m- movie. Or we wouldn't remember it at all. So that's the kind of thing you want to remake is, is something like that. Um, so I think it looks cute. What do you think? Um, I'm excited for this. Or, or I'm not excited. But I'm, like, I thought this looked at least passable, if anything, yeah. because of Josh Peck. I'm a big fan of his. His Twitter account is actually a pretty funny follow. But um, but I, I'm a big fan of him ever since his days on Drake and Josh, which it's sad what's happened to Drake, but I won't talk about that here. I, I think I'll just I think I'll watch this just to like like show some support for my boy Josh. Because, you know, I, I find him kind of inspirational. He started out on Drake and Josh and he was like kind of fat, but by the end of the show he was like real stick thin, and that was something that I'm trying to work on. So there's a part of me that feels a bit of motivation from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, and it has Paul Campbell in it, who I've, uh, we've become kind of friends with him. He's been on our podcast a bunch of times on, on Homebrook's podcast. So I kind of want to support him. He plays one of the police officers uh, on there. So, all right. Then on the 16th, we have Space Jam, A New Legacy. Uh, I was actually pretty much behind this movie until the clip that they showed with the with the rapping porky pig <sighs> the notorious pig 
Biggie Smalls was rolling in his grave so much that he caused Tropical Storm Elsa. <laughs> it was really bad, and so now I'm very nervous about the, it. But the thing that kind of that kind of gave me warning signs was when was when they got Granny to do scenes from the Matrix, which yeah. is just like, is this movie just going to be a bunch of references for like two hours? Because it's it's so disappointing because they just had the Looney Tunes uh, on uh, the Looney Tunes show on our Looney Tunes cartoons on HBO Max, which were so good and I loved them. So for them to have this is very disappointing. Yeah, and the thing about the original Space Jam is that it's very much a 90s movie. It's basically a Nike commercial that's extended to feature length, but it's a fun Nike commercial that's extended to feature length. With Michael Jordan, who was good at many things, basketball player, team owner, hopefully race car race car team owner but he's not exactly a great actor but he tries there are many funny references like to pulp fiction and other things i love the animation and but i have very mixed emotions about this new legacy thing i i kind of think lebron's a tad overrated on the court but maybe i'm just partial to the old time stuff so i don't know i i have I'm going to say middle of the road. I do have some hopes for this, but I am fearing the worst. I mean, I'm not that into sports, but it is pretty impressive what he's done with every single team he's joined. He's gotten up to the finals practically. So, and he seems like a natural choice and he does have some acting experience, whereas Jordan didn't really have any. He's been in, like LeBron has been in several movies at least, but yeah. That pig one, that really hurt my excitement. So. <laughs> I, I'm afraid that this is going to be like HBO Max, the movie. Like, just a big commercial for HBO yeah. Max. A service that yeah. doesn't need sold to me. I already own and quite enjoy. So, okay. I don't know. Uh, Alright. Well, also on the 16th, that will hopefully make us feel good after Space Jam is Schmigadoon. Did you watch this trailer? Uh, this is one that I did miss out on. I'm so excited for this. It looks hilarious. This is on Apple Plus. And this continues on our incredible year musicals that we're having in 2021, which makes me so happy. And uh, it is uh, about a couple that they're having like some problems and they're out hiking and they uh, cross this bridge and they end up in Schmigadoon. (laughs) And it's kind of like Brigadoon, but Schmigadoon. (laughs) And it's, they're all of a sudden in a musical, (laughs) musical world of Schmigadoon. And it's got a great cast, Fred Armiston, Dove Cameron, Christian Chenoweth, Alan Cumming, the list goes on and on. It has um, a Keegan-Michael Key is the, uh, and then uh, what's the name of the, I forget her name. It's got Jane Krakowski in it. Um, I the name of the. Name My of boy the Aaron Tavet is in here. He is an incredible. Yeah, he, he's amazing. So it's got all this Broadway talent. And uh, Cecily Strong, that's who I was trying to to come up with. 
that so they're the couple cecily strong and keegan michael key and i don't know it looks really funny to me so i'm very excited and this is directed Um, by barry sonnenfeld i just looked up who nine lives aside is actually somebody (laughs) who is who directed men in black among other things and he's very experienced and used to know what he was doing but hopefully this is the thing to get him to bounce back so then the 23rd we have the last letter from your lover this is on netflix and it's it's this uh woman finds this letter uh from uh from the i think world war ii kind of thing and she starts to kind of look into it and find uh the the people who wrote the letter find out more and it's got shailene woodley as the person in modern times and then felicity jones as the person in the past and uh it's a pair of interwoven stories set in the past and present follow an ambitious journalist determined to solve the mystery of a forbidden affair at the center of a trove of secret love letters from 1965 so i guess a little later but uh but yeah i think it looks pretty good this looks pretty romantic and uh, well done and it's got good actors so you know you have to be careful with netflix romances they could not be the best but this looked actually pretty good to me yeah, this reminded me of this movie called Letters to Juliet. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. heard of it. I thought of that too. It it was like, I was l- watching this and piecing it together. I'm like, this is like Letters to Juliet, the sequel. Letters to, with the number two, Juliet. Yeah. But there is no Juliet to be found anywhere. But but like right. old letters, forbidden romance, I put two and two mm-hmm. together from there. Yeah. It looked... I'll give it a middle of the road. It does actually look not half bad. But at the same time, you're right about the whole romance being a risky proposition. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd give it the same, but I definitely will watch it. I think it it looks like it has potential. Also on the 23rd, we have Ted Lasso season two. And I cannot wait. This, I mean, people said, oh, this show's a great show. And I'm like, really? I don't have time to watch television. But I finally did. And it was so good. <laughs> it's such a good show. He's so charming. He's so likable. You just root for him. And the whole cast is great. Uh, the scripts are very well done. Um, I was able to do a whole junket for Ted Lasso a couple of months ago. And I'll put a link down to that if you want to check it out. But it's a great show. I highly recommend it. I'm very excited about it. Uh, and uh, have you have you had a chance to see Ted Lasso? Uh, no, I all I know is that Ed Helms is in it, and I loved him in The Office, and so. No, no, you're thinking of something else. It's um, it's uh, Jason Sudeikis. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're you're right about that. Yeah. Uh, you're thinking of that Rutherford Falls or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. Uh, on, anyway. On Peacock. Yeah, you should check out Ted Lasso. It's, it is a great show. It's very well done. Um, okay, so then we have the 23rd Chippendale Park Life. And this is on Disney+. Plus. Uh, so this is a new show about Chippendale. Um, it looks cute. I don't love the animation style. I wish it was normal Chippendale. It's weird, I think, looking. I mean, it's similar to that uh, new Mickey, Mickey Mouse, the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse, or whatever it was, those shorts. Uh, but I don't know. I just 
I wish it was regular animation. I sympathize to a certain degree, but at the same time, I did think it looked it looked fun. I, I am going to give it a chance because mm-hmm. I, I do like Chip and Dale. <coughs> I do like Chip and Dale, so um, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. Oh, me too, definitely. All right, then we have uh, Resort to Love, and this uh, is another one on Netflix, and this... I like Christina Milian, uh, and uh, it's Erica who ends up as the entertainment at her ex-fiance's wedding after reluctantly taking a gig at a luxurious island resort while in the wake of a music career meltdown. So this one looks pretty not great. I mean, I like Christina Milian, uh, and the cast looks very handsome, (laughs) very attractive. But other than that, it doesn't look great. Yeah, I was going to say, like, just hearing the plot, I'm like, I know how this, <coughs> I know how this one's going going to end. Yeah. All right. Then on the 30th, we have The Jungle Cruise. This is on Disney Plus. And uh, they've had a lot of trailers. Of course, this got delayed from last year. Uh, and I remember seeing the presentation about it at D23 and they had, uh, they had The Rock and Emily come out and, and, uh, and it, it looks like it could be fun. It could be charming. I think they'll have nice chemistry between the two of them. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So far, I feel like almost any time that Disney has done, done live action that's not part of an existing franchise it just seems like it's never worked out like whether it's wrinkle in time or or artemis fowl or i don't know like there's a long list of the um the lone ranger <laughs> going all the way back to there tomorrowland it's been a long time since they had a a movie that was a hit that wasn't part of a either a remake of a classic or a uh, existing franchise so i don't know what do you think are you excited about jungle cruise I am. I'm actually going to give this one a pretty hefty chance, and maybe it's the pro wrestling side of me, and it thinks that The Rock is going to carry this, as he usually does, because The Rock has a bit of a weird, like, golden touch to him, where a normal movie could just, if it were literally any other actor, it'd be, like, one of the worst movies of the year. Like, I'm pretty sure if that if it wasn't for The Rock, that Skyscraper movie would be easily be, like, one of the worst movies of 2018. Yeah. But he at least made it somewhat tolerable. That's so true. He, he doesn't seem to have as good a luck when it comes to comedies, like something like Baywatch or something like that. But but it seems like for these action adventures that he does have a, a, a good touch, whether it's the Fast and Furious movies that he was in, he really bumped that franchise up. Well, Bay, as far as that Baywatch movie, that movie had 99 problems, and The Rock and Zac Efron certainly were to, were not two of them. <laughs> yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful for it. I I uh, I hope it'll be fun. All right, this uh, the 30th of July. We have The Pursuit of Love, and this is based on a novel, and uh, it stars Lily James. Uh, who I'm a big fan of. And I think that this uh, looks like kind of Bridgerton meets uh, Downton Abbey kind of a feel of it. This is on uh, Amazon Prime. And it's uh, set in Europe before World War II. The story follows the adventures of the charismatic 
and fearless Linda Radlett and her best friend slash cousin, Fanny Logan. Consumed by a desire for love and marriage, they both seek out the ideal husband. So, I don't know. I think this looks charming. It's got Dominic West, Emily Mortimer, uh, you know, Lily James I love. So, I'm looking forward to it. It looks like something that I will really like because I love period pieces and uh, this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, if there's anything that's screamed more Rachel on the list that you created, this is definitely it. This and spring. <laughs> but I actually, this actually looks pretty promising. Maybe it's because I like Dominic West as an actor love lily james and yeah. i and i don't know there's something about it that just this actually looks very nice i'm i'm mm -hmm. definitely gonna search this one out yeah yeah definitely all right then we have no sudden move this is soderbergh directed uh film with a credible cast uh you have uh in here don Cheadle. Uh, Brendan Fraser, Demetrio Del Toro, Kieran Culkin, uh, David Harbour, Noah Jupe, uh, the list goes on. Uh, and it's uh, a group of criminals are brought together under mysterious circumstances and have to work to uncover what's really going on when their simple job goes completely sideways. So it's there's basically a kidnapping kind of thing that happens and then it ends up going wrong. And uh, yeah, this looks really good. I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah, I, I've actually had the privilege of watching this, and similar to Summer of Soul, I'm afraid that this is going to be one of those movies that will be criminally underseen, and is subtly just just one of the better movies that I've seen on streaming all year. Uh, Steven Soderbergh is like he's he's Steven he's Steven Soderbergh. I know how to speak. Uh, he directed the Oceans movies, Logan Lucky, which if Blade Runner 2049 hadn't come out in that same year, it would be my favorite movie of 2017. Saw the movie three times, once when it came out, the next weekend, and then, and then the day before my local theater was set to close down because of Hurricane Matthew. That's how much I loved that movie. I went to see it a third time to take my mind off of the terrible rain and thunder that was going to be coming in the next few hours. But anyway, side story. As for No Sudden Move, I'm not sure if this is his best movie. However, I thought this movie was just really cool. It's really well acted, love the cinematography, and I, I will not be giving away spoilers, but let's just say it starts out at one place then by the end, so much has happened that it just, it gives you vertigo, like in the best way possible. It's fantastic. Definitely hunt this one down. I'm looking forward to it. My friend, our friend Austin Burke, he also really enjoyed it. So, uh, so that makes me uh, even more intrigued because I also have good taste. <laughs> also, it's just really nice to see Brendan Fraser in something because he disappeared yeah. off the face of the earth for like a really long time and now i see him in like doom patrol doom Pat doom patrol and uh, and other things and just mm -hmm. i don't know maybe it's my love for the 1999 mummy movie or looney tunes back in action but whenever i see brendan fraser i just there's a part of me that's like it's nice to see you man good you do you so I agree. All right, then we have the suicide squad. This is in theaters and on HBO Max on August 6th, 
This course directed by uh, James Gunn. And one thing I wondered about this movie is that is so is this a continuation or a replacement of this of the Suicide Squad movie that we've already gotten, or is this in as far as canon goes, is this supposed to be a continuation of what we've gotten? Well, it's got some of the same actors. It's got man. It's got Viola Davis. It's got, got it's Arnold got Amanda, Robbie. Amanda Waller. It's got uh, Will Flag or mm-hmm. Rick Flag. Yeah, Rick Flag. And it it's just got different players, and uh, Harley Quinn's there also. I'm choosing to see it as a continuation, but I'm there's a part of me that thinks I don't know, maybe this might not be good, but I'm still excited for it. This movie looks clear, so it immediately is better than than the suicide piece of cra- squad yeah. piece of crap that we got in 2016 just by the trailer by itself. So that really says something. It really, the movie can only go upwards from there. And I love the individual actors here, Idris Elba, John Cena, uh, Sylvester Stallone as a shark, which that's going to be very interesting to see how they work that into the story. And just uh, Peter Capaldi's in there. It just, it looks promising, like I said. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't really my thing, this kind of R-rated superhero movie. Like, it's just not for me. But I think that it looks well done for for what it is. I think it'll probably be similar to something like uh, Super, sort of his James Gunn's more R-rated films as opposed to Gardens of the Galaxy. But that kind of humor, just it, it's just not for me. Uh, so I probably won't review this film. Uh, we'll see. Uh if what I hear from people, but it just doesn't look like my cup of tea, but I think it'll be very entertaining for other people, which is fine. Um, All right. Then we have Coda. This is on the 13th and this is on Apple TV. And this is a film I got to see at Sundance and I loved it. I don't know anybody who saw it at Sundance that didn't love it. Uh, It's about a girl who is, uh, she's hearing in, she's the only one that's hearing in her family. Everybody else is deaf. And so they kind of rely on her for a lot of things. Well, it turns out she has a dream of becoming a singer, but her whole family is deaf. So they can't really understand that dream very well, or they can't like participate in that experience with her because they can't hear her singing. And she ends up getting this, uh, this uh, music teacher who encourages her and is really great and uh, i just think that it has it has uh the lead from uh from sing street who ends up becoming her boyfriend which i love to see and i think it's just a very charming uh film uh with big hearts and good writing and about this family i loved it and so i think that everybody should should check it out it's that marley matlin is her mom Eugenio Derbez plays the teacher and he's he's great I really even in the overboard movie that wasn't the best he was good in it uh so it's a very good film and I wouldn't be surprised if at least for screenplay we see it come up for Oscars consideration yeah um as I was watching this I was getting vibes of this littler movie from the late 80s called Little Man Tate. It was directed by Jodie Foster. It also starred her about uh, about a woman who has a child named Fred who is like super duper 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 smart, like Einstein levels of smart, 
but she she is like working job to job and can only provide so much but but Fred is offered to be taken in by this wealthier woman played by Diane Veist and so there's a dilemma should he go with his mom or go with someone who could lead him on like a better path Hmm. when I was watching the Coda trailer I was kind of getting that same vibe or I, or I also think Gifted is along that same path. The Chris, uh, the Chris Evans movie with mm-hmm. the little girl. I want to say her name is Mackenzie Davis. She that that movie was super underrated as well, directed by Mark Webb. So I I I have a feeling that this movie, as as far as the Coda movie goes, I think I might know where it's headed. But I have a soft spot for movies like that, so I I'll be definitely looking into it. Yeah, I think you'll really like it. It's really very good. Uh, all right. Then on the 20th, we have Sweet Girl. This is a devastated husband vows to bring justice to the people responsible for his wife's death while protecting the only family he has left, his daughter. And this stars Jason Momoa and Isabel Merced. And Amy Brenneman's in it as well. I didn't think this trailer looked very good. I don't know if you've got a chance to watch it. but I Just looking... Just looking at his IMDb, this director is clearly a friend of Jason Momoa because, like, Momoa's other TV projects have this director, Brian Michael Alvarez. Oh, yeah. On on there in some fashion. I'm sure I got that name wrong, but this is definitely, Mm -hmm. I think this is definitely Momoa stepping out of the DC stuff. And honestly, I, I think he deserves it because that whole quagmire and just that whole thing is a mess. So I think I'll definitely watch it just to support him because I think he is general he's generally very likable as Aquaman. I think I might be in the minority on that, but I liked him in the standalone movie, liked him in the Snyder Cup recently. So I, I think he can be capable of great things. It's just I think now that maybe he's gonna be out of the DCU stuff, uh, maybe after Aquaman two, or maybe mm-hmm. he'll stay in, but I, I just I just hope he's good in it. That's all. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting. I'm not a big fan of him in the DC. I don't know. I just not sold on Aquaman as a character, the way they have him portrayed. I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. But we'll see what he does in this. Uh, Then on the 20th, we have the Loud House movie. Of course, that is the Nickelodeon television show, The Loud House about the big the family with tons of kids and the the one boy is the lincoln loud is the only boy of all of the kids and uh, they go on a trip uh on this in this movie and it looks it looks fun i think it it looks kind of like an extended episode of the show but as somebody who has enjoyed the episodes i have seen of the show I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it'll be good. It's, uh, they go to Scotland, the family, the little loud family meets Scotland and turns out they discover they are descendants of Scottish royalty. So have you ever seen the loud house? No, I've seen, uh, I've seen still images of it and hang on. I'm just looking something up because I was going to say it's, it's funny that they're going to Scotland because David Tennant is Scottish, but I'm not. Oh yeah, David Tennant is Scottish, so cut that. You know, it's funny that the Loud House is actually this movie's actually going to Scotland because David Tennant is actually Scottish, so that'll be semi homecoming for him, I guess. Is he in 
the Loud House? Yeah. He was uh, him and Billy Boyd, which is like, which is Doctor Who and Lord of the Rings representation. Oh, nice. I didn't realize that, that he was in it. Or he in this movie. Oh, yeah, you're right. He's in the movie. He's not in the show, um, but he's in the movie. So he must play, obviously, one of the Scottish characters. And Billy Boyd must as well. So that makes sense. So it'll hopefully be a fun little little thing for the um uh for the summer. All right, then the twentieth there is reminiscence. And reminiscence is a scientist discovers a way to relive your past and uses the technology to search for his long lost love. And this stars Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, so teaming up again from the greatest showman days. And uh, so I think it looked pretty good. I was intrigued. This is on Amazon. I oh, know HBO Max. Excuse me. Uh, I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah, I've seen this trailer now a couple times because it's played in front of movies I've seen in theaters. And every time I'm, I'm actually this movie starting to, starting to warm up to me a bit. Actually, watching it, it kind of reminds me of that Tom Cruise movie Oblivion. Where it's uh, where it takes place in the far off future where a disaster has happened and nobody knows what caused it and there's a mystery element that will lead to what was the cause of the whole thing and Oblivion I think is really underrated so hopefully reminiscence will be along those same lines. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of Oblivion, but but I see what you're saying. Um, and and Hugh Jackman can do this type of drama he's done movies like that before i mean prisoners as far as real drama um but even something like the prestige hugh jackman was just terrifying in prisoners he starts off with this mild-mannered guy Mm -hmm. and by and by the end he's like a near monster like he was more menacing there than some of his outings as wolverine and i know that might be a hot take but i'll die on that hill yeah and yeah he's awesome in the prestige as well is that whole movie is just awesome, The Prestige. Mm-hmm. All right, last one. On the 27th, we have Beckett, and this is on Netflix. Following a tragic car accident in Greece, Beckett, an American tourist, finds himself at the center of a dangerous political conspiracy and on the run for his life. So this stars John David Washington and Alicia Vikander. And so, yeah, I thought this trailer looks pretty good. Yeah, it's definitely intriguing. John David Washington is uh, is an actor that even though he was intended, and I'm not the biggest fan of that movie, he was my favorite part. And and like he's been in Black Klansman, he's yeah, slowly getting slowly getting more and more clout, kind of like like his dad Denzel. So mm-hmm. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree and all that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he's picking really interesting projects. I mean, I, I he was in that one with Zendaya. I didn't see it, but. Uh, you know i know she's just it seems like he's picking it i mean it wasn't his fault the tenant wasn't good you know it was he did a good job with what was asked of him uh so he's picking interesting projects and uh yeah this looked this looked good i think it'll be entertaining so there we go very exciting uh i i think that probably my most excited i mean summer of soul is so good summer of soul ted lasso schmigmadoon uh and uh the um 
the pursuit of love probably my most excited out of all this i'm shocked to say but but pursuit of love was one of my three oh, and, the other, and the other two i'd have to go monsters at work and where did it go where did it go and reminiscence mm-hmm. yeah well, let us know what you think of these. Are you excited, not excited about each of the ones we talked about? We'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, and we got a lot of fun viewing ahead of us. I think it's going to be good. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, please like this video. Please subscribe to the channel. And also, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. And uh, Ryan, where can people find you? They can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, RyanCam20. Then there's, of course, my YouTube channel, which is just called RyanCam. Uh, I am so close to 160 subscribers, and I think by the time this episode goes out, I will get there. God, please help me out with that. <laughs> but if you haven't checked out the channel, please do. Uh, I posted a channel update video, kind of giving all of you a bit of a status update as to where the channel is going for the rest of the year. Uh, I'm going to be reintroducing an old series of mine called the Twilight Zone Vlogs, where I review each episode of the original Twilight Zone series and talk about it. That's going to be a lot of fun. Going to be retooling my new release roundup to be more of a ranking video and going to be dedicating more standalone videos to newer, to newer releases. Sunday videos will remain the same, though. That, I have the, that planned out the rest of the year. And then... And then Scary Mania, my Halloween series, and a Christmas series will be coming as well. As far as in the immediate, this coming Sunday, I'll be dropping a an I Finally Watched video for Howl's Moving Castle. I have yet to see it, and I am looking forward to uh, partaking, because I've heard nothing but great things. So if you haven't checked me out, please do. Yeah, y'all should definitely check it out. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron Tomatoes. So take a look at that. We also have our patron group, which is only $2 a month and you get to be part of watch alongs and other fun perks in our, our Facebook group. We also have merch store, which has tons of fun designs, including hashtag animation junkie shirts. Please take a look at that over there as well. Make sure you look at the Homeworkies podcast. This week we had Amy Acker on, which was so exciting and a real awesome get for our, our podcast. Take a look at that. And uh, thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Happy streaming, y'all.